going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. everybody welcome back to another episode of the turn the jets podcast i'm your host will parkinson at will paul on twitter instagram and tiktok very busy week on the feed this week happy thursday to everybody hope you enjoyed yesterday's episodes with alan hahn mike renner and brad spielberger pff um special episode today first time on the pod we've done we did some spaces back in the need the, the day when when twitter spaces were cool for a hot second um you know does a great job covering the eagles josh Valentino for the philadelphia Inquirer. uh josh how are we doing today man well, my boy, pleasure to be on uh, turning on to turn on the Jets, making my debut here. Uh, got a nice break here in between uh, practice, just left practice actually. No Darius Slay, so so getting a little interesting here as we get closer to the game. But uh, nice window here to to chat with you about the game ahead of um, this weekend, and obviously in the locker room uh, here in a little bit. But but certainly happy to join. Yeah, no, I appreciate you hopping on. Let's start there. That was the one question I wanted to ask you. Obviously, Darius Slay missed practice yesterday. I just saw your tweet come through, I guess, half hour, 45 minutes or so ago. He's on, you know, not a practice again. Um, obviously, a veteran player, a guy that doesn't have to practice all week and can still suit up on game day. That said, um, the Eagles, you know, haven't been great against the pass this year. That run defense is elite, and they've got great def- a great defensive line. But secondary hasn't been great. Darius Slay would be a pretty big miss, to the, you know, this week. Zach Wilson or not. Um, you know, Slay not playing potentially is definitely something to monitor. Am I wrong? No, no, you're totally on, on point there. And it's a, a bit surprising, you know, to see him missing here from these past two practices. You mentioned, uh, you know, he had kind of in that veteran status of, you know, if he were to miss practices, he'd still be one of the, the guys, obviously, you'd think that would be ready for a game. But uh, the way it's trending, it's not looking like he's going to play just based on, Again, it's it's still Thursday, but Thursday is their longest and most productive practice of the week. And uh, it hasn't just been Slay. Uh, safety Justin Evans, who started uh, this most recent game against the Rams, he played every single snap along with Slay. He's also been missing also with a knee injury. So, uh, you know, this Eagles team is 5-0, and but, I mean, there are still places certainly to improve on offense, and I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, later. But uh, one thing to point out, Will, is that this defense has not played with the same – starting 11 at all uh, through all five games there's been no continuity no continuity the group there's injuries at all three levels um and not just that personnel changes throughout but that's where they've really been banged up and Darius Slay is just the uh, latest part part of that puzzle uh, fortunately for them they've shown the ability to uh, make adjustments uh, you know just rewinding really quick to this past Sunday's game uh, Cooper Cup drive. Uh, Matt Stafford, who was finding uh, Cup over and over again. I think he had five or six catches on the opening drive. It looked like it was going to be a shootout. And what do you know? The Eagles defense, they make all the adjustments needed, and they actually shut out the Rams and Cup uh, in the second half. They didn't score a single point uh, in that second half. So, um, you know, that's kudos to their ability to, to make a judge, make adjustments. Uh, but again, they, they just have not been able to have any continuity here with the personnel. Yeah, the, the one other injury question before we kind of get into how the Eagles have looked through through a couple of weeks. Fletcher Cox missed last week. Um, he seems to have been limited, uh, you know, through the first couple of days. And then I don't know how, but Jalen Hurts, 
looked like his ankle was totally screwed and you know obviously doesn't miss a snap he doesn't even you know i'm sure he'll be totally fine right because he's a part of the reason the touch post works is because Jalen hurts is, is built like an absolute freak were you surprised like hurts was just totally fine after on his ankle like that last week and then um fletcher cox i know you know davis and carter are the young guys that everyone talks about fletcher cox is still you know, a man amongst boys and it's definitely one of the heartbeats of that defense. He probably will likely play though, right? He's a guy who's been limited, but we will likely see on Sunday. Yeah, certainly. I'll start with Hertz. And there, there was actually a moment of pause after the game because he took the longest he's taken in terms of uh, getting to his press conference after the game. And it was reminiscent of last year's game in Chicago when he actually injured that, that throwing shoulder. And it took him forever to arrive for his press conference. He wasn't seen in the locker room at all. You know, and, and uh, you know, changing out of his um, jersey. You know, and he, as as we're in there after the game, he was just totally uh, absent, and then it took him forever to get to his press conference. But you know, Jalen has not been listed on the injury report uh, this week, and uh, obviously he's been practicing these first couple of days. And, and you alluded to it earlier, but uh, you know, we've seen so many uh, teams attempt a similar quarterback sneak tush push. The brotherly shove, as, as many fans here in Philadelphia like to call it. And it just simply hasn't as worked as well as the, you know, the machine that the, the Eagles have created with Jalen Hurts and this offensive line. And you certainly have to credit that offensive line, that, that interior with Landon Dickerson, uh, Jason Kelsey, Cam Jurgens, who's now injured, being replaced by Sue Opeta. But it starts really with them four. And then obviously Dallas Goddard has been the main uh, pusher uh, behind Jalen Hurts. But, but Jalen, you know, built like a, uh, one of a kind, you know, one of the few quarterbacks in the league who I think could squat up to 600 pounds. So a testament to him and his work ethic. And uh, uh, actually through the first four games, he, that that running piece had actually been missing. So uh, for him to be able to to show that he still got that and and really unlock that uh, level we hadn't seen early in the season this past Sunday uh, as the Eagles continue to piece together this offense that, that still hasn't been clicking on all cylinders. And, uh, you know, to your point with Fletcher Cox, man, you think about, you know, he, you know, he's certainly going to garner Hall of Fame uh, player, you know, numerous Pro Bowls, all pro selections. And for him to miss this past Sunday's game and the Eagles to not miss a beat, man, that's just a, a testament to the future of this interior uh, defensive line. Jalen Carter, man, he looks like the real deal. And certainly there were uh, causes for concern coming out of the draft. And, you know, there are reasons why he slipped. Uh, to the Eagles who traded up one pick to get him at number nine. But, Will, I mean, through the first month of the season, this guy looks like the real deal. And and not just, you know, rookie of the year consideration for Jalen Carter, but, I mean, he's looking like one of the best defensive tackles uh, in the league. And, you know, obviously we just saw one of them in Aaron Donald this past week. But uh, he leads the team with three and a half sacks, which is a lot through five games for, you know, coming from the, the interior. And, um, you know, as you kind of mentioned earlier, as this Jets – offensive line continues to piece together a different look here compared to the beginning of the season. Uh, Jalen Carter will certainly look to take advantage of that. And, and, you know, he's just one of many names, you know, Jordan Davis, their first round pick last year, he's looked uh, much better. Milton Williams, a third year player, he's flashed in his limited reps behind those guys. So um, Jalen Carter is making a lot of people smile right now in this building. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page. I think, Somewhere where, like, you know, that we talked about the Jets offensive line. I think they've been much better the last three weeks. Obviously, Elijah Vera Tucker now going down with an Achilles, which is just nuts. Um, you know, the Jets probably two most important offensive players. Uh, most, most important offensive linemen, obviously, a quarterback going down with an Achilles in the first five weeks is not what you want. That said, they've been much better. Um, I still think, you know, they lean on the run. The Eagles defense 
kind of prioritizes, you know, against being playing against the run. I think they're in the, they're in the mid twenties in terms of against the pass. We obviously mentioned Darius Slay's, you know, potential injury there. I'm curious from a Jalen Hurts perspective. You mentioned it a little bit. I feel like he was a guy who was last year. We finished the year of the Super Bowl. He obviously has a fantastic game. A lot of, is he a top five guy? Is he a top three guy? Like there was a lot of that conversation and he's been good. I also don't know that he's played elite as elite as he played last year. Again, new offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen was under the radar. One of the best coaches in football and obviously got a head coaching job. And we've seen he's already done a great job with Indianapolis. Brian Johnson's known to develop quarterbacks, but I feel like it's, they're kind of, I can't tell maybe you'll know better than me, but I can't tell if they're in between, like, do they want to be a running team? Do they want to air it out? Like they have all these weapons. I just don't know if they found a balance yet. Am I off? I feel like Hurts has just made a little bit more careless throws than he did last year. And they just kind of can't find that right balance. They still put up points. They still move the football, but I just don't feel like they've hit that. I don't know if it's the red zone. I don't know what it is. I just haven't felt like the Eagles of last year yet, at least on offense. Yeah, no, you're certainly uh, sniffing there in the right direction. You know, as we look at the other only undefeated team in the league, the Niners, I mean, they're blowing every team out. Uh, and the expectations around this team on this fan base is that, uh, you know, the Eagles should be doing the same, but that hasn't been the case. They've been won, you know, they're in, in many different ways, uh, whether it be the defense, whether it be the offense coming uh, in late. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, they have not been clicking on all cylinders. Uh, fortunately for them, I mean, that's a good problem to have, you know, when you're 5-0. and uh, But you look at their weapons, and this most recent game is a perfect example uh, Will, through the first four games, I think Dallas Goddard had 80 yards and, you know, he considers himself. And if you look at the numbers since, uh, you know, since he's taken over for Zach Ertz uh, in 2021, he's been one of the most productive tight ends uh, in the NFL. He leads the the position in yards after the catch. You know, that's ahead of guys like Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle. Uh, so Dallas Goddard, a very, very productive uh, piece in this offense behind uh, A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith, their top two wide receivers. He was basically an afterthought, uh, again, through the first four games, and he popped off uh, this most recent game, had over 100 yards. Uh, and then you look at uh, who labored in that department. Devontae Smith, one catch for six yards. So, I mean, there are going to be games like that when, uh, you know, they have their top playmakers again, three, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. There will be games when one of those uh, three, you know, are not as productive. And again, you think about the personnel that they're also trying to mix in from the run game. Jalen Hurts plays a big factor in that dynamic and defenses having to account for him. Uh, but DeAndre Swift, I mean, what an addition he has been. Uh, you know, not not as productive this most recent week, but he has been, you know, when you look at all the numbers from the entire season, he has been uh, just a workhorse uh, in that backfield. And, uh, you know, we can get into it with the red zone. I mean, that is uh, flat out where they have completely – struggled you know Jake Elliott you know they they've got to thank this guy for his services every week because uh he leads the league right now in field goal attempts and made field goals I think he's got 16 of 17 uh and you know they'll certainly be thankful for him he's a two-time special teams player of the week but they want six points I mean leave no doubt about it and again I think right now they rank 27th or 28th in red zone efficiency coming off a week where they went two of five in that part of the field and you and I talked offline about this, but this is essentially the same personnel. It's not like there have been, you know, major changes with the players that are on the field. I'd argue they're even better, you know, with the addition of DeAndre Swift. I mean, these are the same weapons. This is the same quarterback. And they just, it's all, you know, they're left for all these questions at, at that part of the field. And, and certainly play calling has a big uh, factor in, into that. And we'll see what adjustments are made here as the season develops. 
again, fortunately for them, that's a good problem to have uh, when they're five and zero heading into this week six matchup uh, over there at MetLife. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. There's two things. There's obviously like the Eagles are five and zero. They're twelve and zero against the Jets all time. Maybe something gives there. The other part is the Jets are the best team in the NFL in red zone defense. They're like they're the worst team on offense. The Eagles have been terrible on the red zone on both sides of the ball. Someone's gonna have to like give here, right? And in one way, it's good that for the Jets, from a Jets perspective, they're really good in the red zone. If they can hold the Eagles to three, they give themselves a shot on Sunday. You got to force their turnover at two. And, you know, if you hold them to three multiple times, maybe you, you keep yourself in the game. We saw that against KC. A couple turnovers, they forced them to three. And um, there was a game there at the end. The other side of it is the Jets were 0 for 5 in the red zone last week. And it was a huge problem. They should have won that game by 20 to 30 points if you go back and watch like. If you go back and watch it, there was no reason that game should have even been close at the end, and they didn't capitalize. They did exactly kept the team in the game. They're not good enough right now to do that. So there's a couple of matchups I was curious about from your perspective. Um, you know, and we'll, before we kind of end up wrapping here is there's Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, and Michael Carter against you know guys you mentioned AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Like that's as good of a matchup as you're going to see any given Sunday in the NFL. That's probably one of, if not the two or three best receiver rooms in the NFL outside of maybe Miami. And it's probably the best cornerback room in the NFL. Like how excited are you just to see that? And then secondly, Jason Kelsey versus Quinn Williams. Like I know we saw, you got to see it last week, Jason Kelsey in that interior versus Aaron Donald. If there's a guy that's kind of close to Aaron Donald, it, Quinn Williams is right up there with him. Um, how excited are you kind of to see both those matchups of just superstars on superstars? Like this is kind of what, this is what makes watching football fun. Like regardless of what happens in this game, these are some pretty elite level matchups we're going to get in the middle of the year here. Yeah, certainly that if you've got some popcorn, I mean, whatever you're grubbing on, uh, certainly grab it and watch uh, the boundary this weekend there uh, with those guys that you mentioned. Uh, but you know what? Well, I think I'm going to make a prediction here, a bold one, um, you know, not, maybe not necessarily a bold one, but you look at the Jets uh, rush defense and, you know, again, what the Eagles had been accomplished prior to last week with DeAndre Swift. I think they've got to set the tone uh, on the ground to open up that pass game because, again, those are some talented uh, guys in the secondary. And, you know, the, the Eagles are going to be confident in, in their guys uh, on the outside. But I think if they're able to establish the running game early with this offensive line that, that we've uh, – uh, mentioned, I think that won't be able to to open things up in the past game. And the Eagles, they're so dependent on AJ Brown, Devontae Smith winning their one on one matchups. It's going to be a tough test uh, against this secondary. Uh, you know, Robert Sala, it really just seems like he's, you know, despite all the adversity that th this team has faced uh, early on, that uh, he can coach these guys up. And that's certainly earned the praise uh, early on here uh, in the Eagles locker room. You know, we were talking to uh, Nicobe Dean, who's it seems like he's going to make his return uh, from injured reserve, uh, their starting linebacker. You know, he's two years removed from the Dit Butkus uh, Award as the best uh, college uh, linebacker. And Nicobe, the really the first thing that he said outside of addressing his injuries, uh, the praise for Robert Sala and the job that he's been able to do uh, with these guys. And, you know, hasn't necessarily resulted in a bunch of wins for this Jets team, but uh, from their tape study, they see that, uh, you know, these guys are playing hard and, it will certainly start with that secondary uh, setting that tone. And, um, but if I one of them, man, uh, you know, in terms of a matchup to watch, I, let me go with Devante because Nick Sirianni, uh, you know, it's still his offense. I know Brian Johnson is the, the play caller, but this is still Sirianni's uh, umbrella. You know, he oversees this entire offense and every time, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show when there, there seems to be a week or a span of weeks when guys don't get the ball, um, 
I think it was week one or week two when AJ had very limited production. Now AJ has strung together three straight games with 100-plus yards. Uh, going into last week's game at Los Angeles, all the questions all week were about uh, Dallas Goddard. You know, where is he? You know, he's only got 80 yards through four games. They target Dallas Goddard, like, I think four or five. He had four or five catches the opening drive. He ends up finishing with 100 yards. Now all the questions are about where's Devontae? You know, he had one catch uh, for six yards this most recent game. I'd expect him to be targeted. Uh, earlier and Devontae has to win those matchups and you know the byproduct of, of you know his career through two years and obviously him winning the Heisman in college that is he's been able to do that but uh, certainly one of the toughest matchups in terms of a secondary that they're going to face all seasons so uh, I'm going to be watching Devontae Smith whoever he lines up against. Yeah it'll be interesting the one other matchup is that I'm curious is where the Jets line up Bryce Huff from uh from a matchup perspective on, on second and third downs, if they get the Eagles in, you know, third and, and obviously if they keep the Eagles at a third and fourth and one, they're going to convert that at an absurdly high rate. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Jordan Mailata and these bigger, these bigger tackles, even Elaine Johnson, for example, like when you have elite, elite, elite level speed, like your burst and bend is elite. It's really hard for these bigger tackles. You know, we you see it all camp and Kai Beckton's had a really nice start to the season against a power guy nobody's going to outpower someone that's 380 pounds but the speed rush is like something that Hassan Riddick and, and those type of guys like they thrive off that so I'm just curious what the Jets do and do they try to like do some of these overloads to a, a side of my lot is a great tackle but again he's a huge guy and as athletic as you are you just move slower when you're 360 pounds versus <laughs> 230 pound edge rusher so that'll be interesting one kind of comment before we get kind of a I guess prediction kind of what you think is going to happen on Sunday Robert Sala talked about it yesterday, and I thought, you know, he obviously tried to get cute with it and was like, give Jalen Hurts 11 kisses, you know, when they do the push push <laughs> and stuff. It, for some reason, made a lot of rounds. I don't know if it was just on Twitter and people kind of like, from an Eagles perspective, and got very upset about it. And then there was some like, the Jets have a bunch of rough in the passer calls, which I'm not going to go down this whole loophole of the NFL officiating. Did you have any problem with that comment? I feel like he was more so saying, like, you have to be able to meet phys physically Philly, like, with with they're going to try to be, beat you up in the trenches and if you're not ready to like it's still football at the end of the day I didn't have a problem with that am I crazy that that was not like some crazy comment people got very uh very upset about it yeah no I actually uh enjoyed it and I think um Nick Sirianni he, uh pointed uh to it as well as uh, at the end of the day I, I really do think it's a byproduct of the personnel uh but also like how they're coaching it you know as we uh see like, and I think, uh, you know, some defenses have tried to combat that in terms of trying to get lower. You know, we certainly saw that with uh, Vita Vea and the Buccaneers and how Todd Bowles had instructed them to defend it. And the Eagles are still, again, converted, converting at an enormous, I mean, it's just a crazy rate. I think it's like over 90, it, it might be 95% uh, right now. They were four for four last week until two garbage attempts uh, in Los Angeles. So uh, when you think about uh, uh, the entire uh, drama with the play, you know, Jason Kelsey uh, on his podcast uh, with Travis Kelsey uh, this week, I think uh, the way he phrased it is that he predicts at some point that you're going to see uh, defensive players um, faking injuries. And, yeah, I saw that. You know, <laughs> yeah, and Adam Schefter, uh, he reported a, a couple weeks ago or maybe this past week that the play is obviously going to be reviewed uh, in the offseason throughout the combine um, in those days. And one of the specific points that they're going to study is the injury rate. And I think that's why, you know, Jason made that comment. So 
you know, as long as it's legal, uh, you know, Nick Sirianni, Howie Roseman, uh, who has chatted with a, a little bit here at practice as he walked onto the field, they're going to keep running that play. So, I mean, if the Jets can put the Eagles into positions where uh, third and intermediate, third and long, uh, it will certainly give them a chance. And that's what you point Take advantage of where they're struggling right now. You know, we, we this team is filled with uh, playmakers, obviously coming off that Super Bowl appearance. But if you can continue to, to throw them in adversity where, the, where it's clearly a, a huge problem right now in the red zone, uh, you know, if you can force those third and mediums, third and longs, and, you know, force Jake Elliott in the special teams unit on the field, uh, you know, you'll have a chance. What are the odds we get a good game on Sunday? I, I don't know. I, you know, I know the lines, whatever, six or six and a half. The, or Six and a half. Right six now? and a half. Or anything might have gotten bet up to seven. I'm not quite sure. I try not to. I try to stay out of the uh, – stay out of that world. But what <laughs> – you know – I guess, yeah, what like what happens on Sunday? Because it's a game that the Eagles are coming off a West Coast trip. They've kind of slept walk a little bit through some of these games and still have won. They're still five and zero. They're still one of the two or three best teams in the NFL. They play Miami next week, which is a huge game. It's like a I think it's a game everyone's kind of got circled as like could be a Super Bowl preview. It, as much as I, I don't want to see that, it it truly could be a Super Bowl preview. <laughs> Jets are two and three. It's Zach Wilson. Like, I feel like this is one of those games that's either 23 20 in the fourth quarter, similar to that Kansas City game where you're like, oh shit, like we got a, we got a hell of a game here with four minutes to go, or it's 31 to 20 and it's not quite as close as the score indicates. Yeah, I think we look at the pass rush, and I think there will be no question that, um, you know, the Eagles will put Zach Wilson into tough spots. Uh, whether it be from the edges, you know, Josh Sweat's playing at a very high level, Hassan Reddick. And, you know, we mentioned all the guys at the interior earlier with Jalen Carter uh, leading the group. I think for it to be a close game, the, the offensive line is not going to play up to uh, their standard, their, that their performance and that Quinnen Williams is a, a game wrecker. And, you know, that Jermaine Johnson is getting off his stunts and twists. And, you know, the Eagles aren't able to handle that. You mentioned Jordan Mailata earlier as a potential uh, question mark, uh, you know, at the offensive line is very uh, stout. Um, and, you know, that's not a play on words. You know, their offensive line coach, Jeff Stoutland, uh, does a tremendous job at coaching these guys up. But, um, you know, if you were to, to look at an area that if this were if this game were close, um, I think it's as if the offensive line uh, doesn't maintain their their level of production and that Quinn Williams is able to get uh, some pressure, some quarterback hits and again, force the force the offense rather Jalen Hurts. Uh, into these third and long scenarios where it just becomes difficult to convert, especially when they reach that vaunted, uh, you know, part of the field where they're struggling. Um, and you can see where, uh, you know, that scenario might come into play, but uh, they are coming off a game where they limited a pro bowler or not a pro bowler. I'm sorry, excuse me. A first ballot hall of famer, Aaron Donald, you know, multiple all pros, multiple pro bowls, whatever, um, you know, award him with, I believe he had zero quarterback hits, zero sacks, obviously, and just one pressure. Uh, and even even that pressure was was debatable. So, um, you know, they've they've done a tremendous job, and it hasn't just been him. You know, I, I mentioned Vita Vea earlier in the show. Um, uh, it's, they've gone through this murderer's row of interior defensive linemen, and they just continue to handle their business week after week after week. But again, you look at the Jets' strength, the defense, uh, certainly up front there with Quinn Williams. And all the cues, uh, for a matter of fact, but 
that's where I can see the game uh, getting close if, you know, the, the Jets uh, front plays up and exceeds expectations against this uh, Eagles offensive line. Yeah, this is a game where Quincy Williams has been fantastic, probably one of the three or four best linebackers this year in football through five weeks. He's a guy that if he plays really well, it means Jalen Hurts probably didn't run the ball well. It means the Jets probably tackled well in space. The games they've tackled really well in space, they've won. And the games they haven't, Dallas, they didn't tackle well. New England, they tackled well 80% of the game. That was a whole disaster in itself. But again, like Buffalo, they tackled well. (laughs) Kansas City, they tackled well, generally speaking. Obviously, last week, uh, you know, in Denver in the second half, they tackled fantastic. So, you know, Quincy Williams being a guy who's a a 4-4 guy, like, and he can, he's, he's willing to hit anybody. Like those are the guys you need to step up. You know, if you want to try to you know compete with this Eagles team, we saw even those one or two plays and Nick Bolton made in the Super Bowl and things like that, where these kind of undersized fast linebackers, if they can keep hurts in the pocket, although he was fantastic again in the Super Bowl, um, you give yourself a chance. Obviously appreciate you hopping on. I know, uh, you know, you're in between practice and, and pressers and all that type of stuff. Make sure you guys are following Josh's work. Um, you know, I'll post it obviously, you know, socials and everything. A lot of stuff with the Philadelphia Inquirer does a fantastic job. So uh, appreciate hopping on. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And, uh, you know, we'll have you on again, uh, you know, when these two teams maybe meet in the Super Bowl in, in 15 years. I don't know. Maybe next year if uh, Rodgers comes back healthy. Hey, Will, certainly a pleasure, man. You know, it sucks that, uh, you know, the the Jets have faced uh, this adversity, obviously, <laughs> starting uh, with the quarterback position. But hopefully we're due for – a good football game, you know, for all the reasons that we uh, mentioned and, and certainly enjoy uh, the game this weekend, man. It was a pleasure.